Welcome to the European Parliamentary Research Service podcasts. Today we'll be talking about initial coin offerings, a new means of raising funds based on blockchain. Interested? We'll explain how they work, look at potential benefits and challenges, and analyze the regulatory responses they've been met with. Initial coin offerings. This may be Greek to you, but hopefully by the end of this podcast, it'll be a more familiar word. So, what are we talking about? Well, initial coin offerings, ICOs from here on, are a relatively new method of raising capital for early stage ventures. They allow businesses, primarily startups, to raise capital for their projects All I hear, go get the money. by issuing digital tokens to exchange for crypto assets or fiat currencies. This token may have some utility in using the product or service the company is offering, or it may just represent a stake in the company or project. So they are an alternative to more traditional sources of startup funding, such as business angels or venture capital. That's right. And while they have some common elements with initial public offerings, in the sense that they both allow a company to raise capital and develop, ICOs are subject to less rules, less accountability and red tape. Angelos Delivorias is a policy analyst within the European Parliamentary Research Service. The process for an IPO is lengthier and more complicated. Therefore, it also involves the assistance of intermediaries such as investment banks or legal councils. Also, the two types of funding target companies at different stages in their life cycle. For the moment, ICOs are used mainly at an earlier stage in the funding escalator. So, to use a metaphor to illustrate, the IPO is a mature kitchenware company owner and an ICO is a 19-year-old tech nerd developing a new virtual reality app. You can certainly picture it this way. Now, where do you begin with an initial coin offering? Well, the first step is to set the details of the campaign, which includes creating tokens, pricing them, setting the timeline for the liquidity events and defining a target audience. At this stage, a startup looking to raise money through an ICO would also produce a white paper with their idea and business plan and decide on a blockchain platform such as Ethereum to sell their cryptocurrency tokens. So while the process is not set in stone, researchers believe initial coin offerings can be divided into four main steps. Angelos Delivorias summarizes them as follows. The first step involves setting up the details of the ICO campaign. The second step is the pre-ICO or pre-sale. Then there is the ICO phase itself. And then after an ICO campaign, the listing on a token exchange and the trading where um, tokens are exchanged for fiat. Now, what are their potential benefits and challenges of ICOs? Well, for issuers, ICOs certainly come with a range of advantages. For a traditional initial public offering, you need lawyers, banks and a lot of patience. But since ICOs are not subject to any regulatory requirements or legal protocols, the whole process is shorter and easier. So basically, for an ICO, you only need the internet and someone who knows how to use it. So, where are the pitfalls? Well, ICOs do raise several issues related to information asymmetry, capital misallocation, poor legal protection, lack of control and high volatility. Truth is, their opacity and the general tendency for issuers to exploit regulatory loopholes can carry significant risk for investors. 
may make ICOs vulnerable to money laundering and terrorist financing, and could even create financial stability concerns. So what kind of regulatory response have they been met with? Well, the initial responses have been very different depending on which country you look at. So while China and South Korea have issued an outright ban on ICOs, other jurisdictions, with Singapore in Asia and Switzerland in Europe leading the way, have been much more supportive. As for the European Union and the United States, the relevant regulatory agencies initially published warning notices reinforced by statements that securities laws could apply and registration become necessary. In 2017, seeing that the money raised through ICOs was shooting up fast, the European Securities and Markets Authority already warned investors about the risks they were taking and expressed concern about such companies operating outside EU law. Peter Kirstens is an advisor within the European Commission's Directorate General for Financial Stability, Financial Services and Capital Markets Union. ICOs are risky investments. Investors send their money, usually in the form of crypto assets, to an ICO issuer and should get tokens or coins in return. But there is no assurance that these tokens end up having any value or that the proposed ventures will be delivered on. Some were successful, but the vast majority of ICO projects so far failed to produce results. Some were plain scams, with the promoters just running off with the proceeds. This has generated distrust with investors and made them reluctant to invest in new ICOs, essentially drying up the ICO market. Following the Commission's FinTech Action Plan, the Securities and Markets Authority issued a series of guidelines on how to use ICOs and crypto assets safely. The EU is currently seeking to partially regulate ICOs with a proposal for a regulation on markets in crypto assets that aims at providing more legal certainty, support innovation, better protect consumers and investors and ensure financial stability. Here's Peter Kirstens from the European Commission. The proposed markets in crypto asset regulation will put requirements on issuers of tokens and crypto asset service providers. This will also cover issuers and promoters of ICOs and will ensure investor protection, proper governance and disclosures by them. This should contribute to weeding out the unscrupulous players and it will bring back investor confidence so ICOs can reclaim their place as a promising funding source for blockchain-based innovations. Meanwhile, some member states are currently implementing regulatory sandboxes to provide an impetus for innovation without imposing the immediate burden of regulation. As for the European Parliament, MEPs insist that clear and consistent guidance at EU level is needed on how to treat crypto assets that qualify as financial instruments under EU law in order to provide regulatory certainty and avoid a non-level playing field, forum shopping and regulatory arbitrage in the internal market. So, is this still all Greek to you? If you want more information on initial coin offerings and how they work, check out Angelos Delivorias' briefing on the EPRS website. This is a European Parliamentary Research Service podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.